Welcome to the New to Crypto podcast, designed to guide you through the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy, created for the new and intermediate crypto investor. Join your host, Crypto Travels Michael, as he takes you through the different facets of getting started and succeeding in your crypto journey. New to Crypto podcast brings you new episodes daily, Monday through Friday, with surprise bonus episodes sometimes on the weekend. Let me ask you, are you new to crypto? Don't know where to start? Are you more experienced but have questions? Then you're in the right place. This podcast is designed for you. Coming at you from the Trading Center in the Lifestyle Design Studio, here's your host, Crypto Travels Michael. Brave Wallet is the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. You can store, manage, and grow your portfolio, get NFTs, and multi-chain support. Download the Brave Privacy Browser at brave.com slash new to crypto and click on the wallet icon to get started. Today, I want to introduce you to Nicole Buffett, an amazing artist and NFT creator who Fortune has called one of the top 50 NFT artisan creators in our industry. I'm excited about this interview today, and you definitely do not want to miss this one. Nicole is going to be dropping gold nuggets and value bombs left and right. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Nicole Buffett. Nicole, it's an honor to have you here and a pleasure. Thanks for coming out. Thank you so much for having me. The honor is all mine. Hey, you're welcome back anytime, anytime. Can you, before we dive in, can you share with our listeners just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, sure. Yes, I'm an artist, primarily a painter, and I consider myself a mixed media, multimedia artist. I got my master's in painting from the San Francisco Art Institute. So kind of starting out in a very traditional from a traditional place, um, but over the years, just really evolving what that really looks like and really, you know, using non-traditional materials, being very nature-based, bringing in spirituality to my art practice, and really being committed to being an artist and knowing that I am an artist from a very, very young age, which I feel very fortunate about. So here I am now at this new amazing moment in our history where there's this amazing technology and space for me to bring that my work as a painter, as an artist into this new dimension has just opened up worlds upon worlds for me creatively. Awesome. Well, we're going to dive into some of that today. I wanted to ask you, like, where does your inspiration come from as an artist? Well, I think that, you know, well, my inspiration mainly comes from nature. I would say it comes from nature. It comes even from from music. Music is a huge source of inspiration for me. My family or most of my family members are musicians, are in the music business. My father is a composer. My mother was a singer. My grandmother, Susan Buffett, um, who passed away in 2004, she was a singer. And really, you know, all of my family are really artists, visionary artists. And really their influence on me has been the greatest inspiration throughout the years. And, you know, the, the kind of the intersection of spirituality and creativity. And, you know, I was never raised as a religious person. Religion was never really a part of my life. But in some ways, you know, being an artist and what that looked like, that was kind of the culture and the lifestyle that I was raised in. So and I was exposed to Buddhism from a very early age. My grandmother introduced me to Tibetan Buddhism and Zen Buddhism. 
And I really, you know, her own collection of art and looking at culture and traveling, that really informed me as an artist and opened up different reference points, different reference points of, you know, the purpose of art, what that meant, and really creating an identity through art. And so the role and the meaning of what it meant to be an artist was really modeled for me. Okay. From a age. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I absolutely love music. I mean, when I'm, when I'm working, I'm always playing music, of course, minus, you know, doing uh, episodes, but just in my regular day to day, I'm always have music on. It's such a big part of my life. When we travel, you know, we always have the headphones on and we're, you know, we're on planes and cars and however we're traveling, you know? So yeah. have you always known that you wanted to be an artist or was there a certain time in history that you were, it was like your aha moment or take us down that rabbit hole if you could. Yes. Um, there definitely was an aha moment. I, it was a, an art, an art class when I was maybe four, just turning four. And I, we were in San Francisco. It's at the Fort Mason um, near the bay and yeah yeah, and it was like the the, these really cool spaces out there and um i was taking an art class and i went outside on a little break and i had my little brushes and my smock on and i was looking out to the horizon and i literally said to myself yep i am an artist this is who i am and i really felt it to my core that this is this is me this is what i want to do this is it was more than about doing it was really more about being it was like I know who I am and this is it. <laughs> and wow. So I, I remember that moment. Yeah. So you've known since you were four years old. I mean, that's profound. Yeah. I feel so, I feel so lucky that I just felt that connection. And, you know, that's- it's what's, what's really cool too, is that when I got my master's, the show for, for my master's was at the Fort Mason. And I thought that was so wow. cool. Wow. Where it all started. Yeah, it was like total full, full circle. I was like, oh my goodness, yes. But then another aha moment that was kind of like the first one. The, the next one was really avoiding doing my homework. And my dad had given me his record player and like a selection of like his favorite records from the 60s and 70s, which was like Cat Stevens. I grew up on all of that. Yes, exactly. Tifa the Tillerman, Led Zeppelin. And I think there was like oh, a yeah. Devo, the, the Devo album with the red hats. And uh-huh. I remember, you know, I remember, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Instead of doing my homework, I'm going to put the record on and I'm going to get a pad of paper out and I'm going to copy the actual album while listening to the album. So I would draw the album cover while listening to the album itself. And really that was how I taught myself to draw. I was just, you know, copying images, looking at an image and copying it. And and so that's what I did most of the time. That's what I did most of the time instead of doing my homework. So I yeah. The 70s were filled with some awesome album covers, too. I mean, I, I grew up on, on all that. My parents were playing that when my sister and I were growing up, you know? So Zeppelin, I mean, all of the groups that we refer to now as classic rock, you know, back then when we were growing up, it wasn't classic, you know? It was just rock. It was just that. Yeah. Was- <laughs> and Zeppelin had some awesome album covers. Yeah, they yeah. really did. They really did. So what would you say like was the biggest impact in your life that positively influenced you as an artist? Would it be that moment when you were four years old in San Francisco or was there like maybe another time? Yeah, I would say a huge awakening for me as an artist was I was already in undergraduate 
school. I was, I transferred into the San Francisco Art Institute and I actually was working at a textile, an Indian textile design shop. It was a hand woodblock printed textile design shop in San Francisco. And the owner of the shop said, you know, this company has had artists coming out to India and doing these internships. And then you can have your work kind of, you know, made into textiles and this would be such a perfect fit. And I'm going to call them and see if, you know, they want to have you as a guest which they did. And then I created a very extensive year-long independent study through my school to go to wow. India. And okay. so I did that. So I went for about three months. I was in India and living and working at this company out in the rural part of Rajasthan, Jaipur, and for a company called Anoki, which means unique in Hindi. And they are responsible for the pre- preservation of the original way of of dyeing the fabrics with natural materials and woodblock printing. And really, so what they did is they would, they hired all of the original masters from these rural areas, including the man that was, you know, in his eighties carving the wood. And he was just wow. this living treasure. And along with the people in the rural areas that still knew how to do these methods of dyeing the fabrics and they paid them, they basically paid them a wage bust them to bust them in every day, fed them an amazing lunch, gave them a beautiful setting. And it was really revolutionary. So anyways, I got to go out there and live at the, at the base in Rajasthan and design um, textiles. And that was, that was where it kind of the spirituality art and spirituality intersection really came together for me there in India and just opening up the scope of, you know, art in all of its forms, whether it's kind of used as a textile, it's a painting on a wall, it's a cup, it's a whatever it is, just the how the expansion and the possibilities that come and then the spiritual practice that of basically meditation of art as a meditative practice, art making. And I really, that, that really landed deeply for me when I was in India. Oh, I bet. That must have been an amazing time. You were talking about like the dyes and the colors. It brings me to the question, how do you choose and go about choosing colors when you work on an, a new piece? Well, color is so, is so profound in its effect and it's um, the feelings that it evokes. So it's really like, it's more of a, it, the color tells me about where I'm at. So the colors that I'm attracted to is more of an indicator of maybe where I, what I'm already feeling or what I need to be feeling. So, you know, obviously like blues and blues are cooling colors. So they're very calming and soothing, you know, white, just, it's just pure white is actually has so much effect. It's, it's light, it's pure light. And I'm very aware of, you know, sometimes I just need to make work that really doesn't have that much. It's very simple, you know, and it, it's, it's less about, kind of proving something to myself or to other people and more about what's the feeling that this is invoking and invoking within myself. And sometimes that just looks like a ton of space and simple marks like my spirit coin collection. That's really what I, what I, my intention was with that collection is just, you know, invoking kind of fresh breathing room, spaciousness and peace. Awesome. Yeah. I love the colors you chose on that collection for all the different pieces. You know, I've been on OpenSea and checking them out and I actually showed some others, you know, around me, which brings me into like my next question. 
when did your art first come together with the blockchain and in the form of NFTs? Because you're a traditional artist. You come from painting background. I mean, you were educated in art in one of the most prestigious places in America in San Francisco. So take us, paint us a picture as to how your work, you know, came to the blockchain. Okay. Well, it was about a year and a half ago and we were pretty much, you know, midway into the pandemic and you know, art shows that I had planned had put, you know, were halted. Everyone was pretty, you know, like what's going on? When are people going to be able to gather? So that, that being the, really the context that made this, the blockchain and the NFT space even more attractive. And really in a way, because of those circumstances, I really feel like I was connected to the function and the gift of what this was offering and that, hey, I can connect with people. People can, I can share my work where otherwise, you know, people aren't getting together and just a whole new community. So what ended up happening was my partner, Justin Aversano, was, was doing Clubhouse, a bunch of Clubhouse stuff. I was jumping on some Clubhouse. We were doing some stuff and he connected with an amazing leader in the space by the name of G Money. And he, he, you know, started talking to G Money and she's like, Hey, you know, you, you gotta turn your stuff into NFTs. Justin's like, well, okay, cool. This is cool. And then it was just very like, Hey, babe, you gotta, this stuff should be NFTs. I was like, oh, okay. And Justin showed me. And the next thing I know, we were just both like, just, it just opened so much up. And I'm, you know, I jump on Twitter for the first time in, you know, 15 years. I haven't been on Twitter. It was just, uh-huh. all, you know, Instagram and Facebook. And I was, which was amazing. You know, I just started meeting so many amazing people over the world. It was like, I have people that I I joke with. I'm like, it's so funny. When I first started tweeting with you, I had in my mind that you were like this Korean guy, you know, he's like, why? I'm like, I don't know. You you could be talking to anybody from who knows where. And it became global consciousness. Yeah. It was so fun. That's that's an amazing thing about crypto, NFT, blockchain industry is there's people, you know, literally from all over the world. We have listeners on the show in almost 160 countries. So more than likely, people are going to be reaching out to you from after they see this episode on social media or wherever. And uh, now it's just it's an awesome industry. People are so welcoming and warm and, you know, willing to share, introduce connections like it's just you know, it's, it's fantastic. It really is. It's what's, it's what's been missing in, you know, not, not just the art world, but just in the world, you know, the true, the connectivity and the inclusivity that space has activated, you know, on the heels of, you know, a a very traumatic experience that all of humanity has been enduring and transforming through the pandemic. And so Uh this is really like a, a sparkle of light on the horizon. And I'm oh, so, definitely. so grateful to be a part of it. Yeah, myself included. So when did you first get into crypto and NFTs? Was it back in a year and a half ago or was it before? Or did you guys dabble a little bit, you know, well, in Bitcoin or, well, you, know? you know, I had been knowing about crypto. It's so funny. About eight years ago, actually, I was at the talk show host's home, Ricky Lake. I'm not sure if you know Ricky Lake, but I was at her home with another amazing author and friend of mine. And uh, she was talking about crypto. And, and that was the first I had heard about it. She was talking about Bitcoin, mostly Bitcoin. And she's like, there are these other kind of cryptocurrencies you might want to buy. And 
um, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get some, I'm going to get some. And, and I was just like, I'm like, well, which other ones are there? And she's like, oh, there's Ethereum. And I remember feeling like, ooh, I like the, I like the sound of that one. <laughs> so I, I had some kind of intuitive, like, oh, I love that, that name. I didn't buy any at that point. Actually, I was advised against it, which I'm like, oh. But wow. so that was when I was first really exposed to it. And it was wow. right in my radar. Um, but it really was not until like a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit before I got into NFTs. Okay. Almost close to two years ago, I bought some Bitcoin. Okay. I bought, you know, I set up a MetaMask wallet. I got a, you know, an account. Okay. And then, and then it was pretty quickly right thereafter that the whole NFT thing, you know, oh, yeah. came upon it me. <laughs> exploded, you know. Yeah. So. What do you like most about crypto and NFTs? Is it the fact that it's global and, and people all over the world or, you know, crypto and NFTs in general? What would you say that, you know, you like most? I think what I like the most is it's really, it meets you wherever you need it. I mean, if you can imagine it, it can happen. And very true. So much. It's like, there's so much capacity, possibility you know, capital, there's people willing to support it. If you can, you know, just put yourself out there. And so it's, it's really just like this open-ended space of abundance. I totally agree. It's the fastest growing, most lucrative industry of potentially our lifetime. I think this is going to be bigger than the dot-com of, you know, 99, 2000. And, uh, you know, it is truly global. The fact that technology has, you know, really accelerated in the last 20, 21 years since, you know, the dot-com boom. And that has just really, really helped uh, NFTs and crypto. And you touched on it a little bit earlier, the world situation in the last two years. I think, you know, many people in the industry say that it it helped crypto explode and, and accelerate at least five years ahead. Yeah. And really kind of take the tech, the, you know, technology aspect serving us the way that I think it's meant to serve us, which is actually when you can't be in real, in person, when you, when you can't be connected, it serves <laughs> as a bridge and a link that actually allows you to have connection. It's not as, you know, there's a lot of criticism in, in around technology with, you know, social media and, just like anything else, you know, if you abuse it and you use it improperly, it has a negative effect. This is a perfect example of it being utilized in for the, for the greater good and for connection, you know, so we can, yeah, everyone has a voice. Everyone has an ability to share. You can build into projects, borderless payments. You know, there's so many projects now that have near instant finality where you can just, you know, send payments across the world in moments, you know? Exactly. It's really a game changer. It, it absolutely, absolutely. It's amazing. So circling back to your art, like talking about your art, which piece is your favorite and why? Oh my goodness. Of all my work. <laughs> all your work. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. Um, like a favorite or, or, you know, I don't know, maybe there was a, a story connected to creating a certain piece yeah. that you really enjoy. I, well, there's a piece that it, the first one that pops to mind is a piece called STB, which is my grandmother's um, initials, Susan mm-hmm. Buffett. But mm-hmm. we, also, we also named it uh, Source the Beacon. And I did a piece. This was in my MOM, Manifesto of Magic series. It's a, it's a small group of, of pieces that I actually minted back early. I think I 
just done some spirit coins and then I did some manifesto of magic pieces. And these were really extensive, I call them medicine mandalas that I was creating for people. Okay. Which is, which is something that I do. And I do about a few a year because they're so extensive and detailed. But this one I created for my cousins and we did it in honor of my, I, they asked, let's do a piece in honor of my grandmother. Okay. And, um, this piece was basically a lotus floating in this very rainbow kind of galactic cosmic space. And it, it's really about the feeling of compassion and wisdom and love that we all, you know, learned and experienced when we were in the presence of, of my grandmother. And so I, I did this piece for my cousins and I brought, brought it to their home and then created a greater mural around the piece on the wall. And that, that actually is on my Instagram page. You can see that it's on Nicole Buffett art at Instagram. I think it's one of the first, it's one of the first images on that page. You know, I think that that's a great example of how art is really capturing the spirit, you know, it's, it's, Uh it's spirit in matter. And what does that look like? And how do you express that? And what are the forms that, you know, embody that, those feelings? Yeah. Brave Wallet is the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. What's Web3? Web3 is freedom from big tech and Wall Street. More control and better privacy. But there's a weak point in Web3, your crypto wallet. Most wallets are browser extensions, a Web2 technology. That means the same old risks, app spoofing, phishing scams, and theft. Brave Wallet is different. Brave Wallet is the first secure wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser, no extension required. With Brave Wallet, you can buy, store, send, and swap assets, manage NFTs, even connect other wallets and dApps, all from the security of the best privacy browser on the market. Whether you're new to crypto or a seasoned pro, it's time to ditch those risky extensions. It's time to switch to Brave Wallet. Download Brave at brave.com forward slash new to crypto and click on the wallet icon to get started. We're definitely going to link to that piece uh, to your to your Instagram, to the piece you were talking about on the, the blog post page for today's episode. You cool. know, Thank yeah, you. it's fantastic. Nicole, I saw that you're working with an amazing organization to help dolphins. And I lived in Hawaii for a long time. I actually used to swim in the ocean every day. You know, dolphins would breach. I've been out on boats where dolphins came in. And I really feel the same way about helping dolphins and sea life. So where does your passion come from in helping sea life and such as dolphins? And can you share with our listeners about the, the hologram NFT that you created? And Sure. Oh, yeah. That was that was amazing. That, that, that you know, started forming itself early on as well. I had done a painting for a really good friend of mine um, in honor of her husband who had passed away and his favorite creature. And he just loved dolphins. And she asked me, would you be willing to do this, this piece in honor of my husband? And actually I hadn't been doing a lot of representational work and, and I just said, Oh, I'd be, I'd be so honored. And it was such a challenge. That piece was really like, how do I capture? (laughs) This is, this is a challenge. This is amazing. Dolphins are just so magical and incredible. And I really, I spent months working on that piece for her and I really felt, I felt like I, I captured it. You know, I captured the depth of the water and I created these dolphin stencils 
And when I gave it to her, she was just so touched and it was such a success for me personally as an artist and for her to the feeling and she, she loved the piece. And so early on in the space, she called me and said, Nicole, how would you feel about turning that painting that you did for me into an NFT and then we can create a fund for dolphins? And I was like, oh, I love that idea. That's amazing. Yes, let's, let's do it. And she had actually worked at a company called Portal. She was, and she still does. Her name is Molly Lavick. She's an amazing friend of mine. She works at Portal, who, who you know, that's creating these hologram boxes. And she said, let's, let's, let's take it one step further. Let's have it be the first holographic NFT. And um, that's what we did. So she got the guys at Portal to capture it and do that. And then we made the, the whole painting as a, a hologram. And then we, we actually got in touch with the Open Earth Foundation and we worked with them. And they basically, the, the funds that were raised from this, that collection went to protecting a specific group of a, a sanctuary and a specific group of dolphins off the Cocos Islands and maintaining and keeping that as a protected sanctuary. So, you know, the ocean is, is such, it's another world that is so it's so imperative and crucial to our our life here on land you know just the oxygen in the air and you know the aspect of it being water which water is life and you know i just think it's it's really an interesting way of course nfts and the technology of like how do you reach into that space as a single individual or as an artist and affect change you know um this is a perfect example of if you can imagine it if you can you know think of it it you can do it and you know we don't do things alone here in this space that's another aspect of this culture that i love is it's super collaborative and you know each and every person is equally important and it's really about knowing what you're bringing and then coming together with a common vision so it was you know obviously my painting but it was so many other people that also believed in it and wanted to do something. And we all came together and made that happen. Wow. I didn't know that whole story. Thanks for sharing. Um, not too long ago, I actually interviewed uh, some guys here in uh, some founders of a crypto project that is designed to save the coral reefs around the world and sea life. And they're actually doing that by they released like a collection of NFTs and things like that. I actually might connect you to them because they're all about working with organizations and really saving the seas and, you know, playing a part in that, you know, and, and they're, they're, they're into NFTs and they have art and things like that. So, well, yeah. And I love, you know, I think it's, there's a lot, there's some criticism and understandably of, you know, mining and blockchain technology having taking a toll, you know, ecological toll. And so I think that, you know, coming into the space, knowing that it felt very right to, you know, offset any impact that I personally may have with, you know, creating NFTs or being involved in the space and utilizing it so that we get at least to a zero space of, hey, you know, there might be a toll here, but there's a greater, more than a toll, there's a greater ability for regeneration and healing here. So mm -hmm. and the technology, that part can be um, and will be and is being evolved, you know, maybe mm -hmm. green. And so it's, it's, we're just catching up to ourselves, but I think that the cause driven, you know, impact NFT realm is actually, I think, one of the most exciting things to me about this space. Yeah, it's, I have to agree. It's phenomenal what's going on. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, like, what are some of your goals that you have for the future as an artist? Well, <laughs> to just keep making art, <laughs> keep making as much art as 
No, I really love, you know, the artivism aspect where, you know, it's like this space, it's multidimensional. This, this space is, I explained it as a three noted pyramid of art, finance, and technology. And, you know, I obviously am kind of residing mostly in the art node, but, but I'm also in, in, you know, collaborating with these other nodes that are, you know, really forming this structure of community. So on that note, you know, my, my goals are to continue to create positive change and to help others through art. So through something that is so personally satisfying and, you know, providing for myself with my work and then, and then providing for others and providing social and ecological important impact. That's just, that's the goal, you know, is the power of beauty and art to create, you know, change and transformation in our world. That's just like the ultimate thing. So. Absolutely. So Nicole, for all of our listeners who are artists and aspiring artists and myself would be included in the aspiring and we'll get into that in a minute, but who would like, they would like to bring their art to the blockchain and what advice would you have for our listeners that would like to do so? Well, yeah, well, I think the, the first piece of advice is to, um, and this is for any artist, whether you're doing it in the blockchain or you're just, you're doing it in a gallery or wherever, is to always ask yourself, do I love this work? Do I feel connected to this? Does this excite me? When I look at this piece, when I look at this image, do, do I feel excited? Does this make me happy? Do I say, I love this? No questions. You don't even have, you don't have to ask anybody else what they think about it. You are always the first person and the most important person to accept, validate, and promote your own work. So n- number one, that's, that's number one. Number two, you know, I think that creating meaning and purpose behind the work is also really important. So getting connected to the why, you know, why you're doing it and what's important to you about it and understanding that it's just, this is like, it completely grounds what you're doing. So no matter, you know, how much you're selling it for, how much someone's buying it for, you know, that is actually, you know, the secondary third, you know, levels of what happens next. Then once you get those, once you get that established, then it's really about asking yourself, what you would need to release the piece out into the world. And I mean, as an exchange monetarily, you know, it's, it's more than just your time. It's more than just how much time did it take you? It's, it's really the feeling of value. And, you know, one of the ways that I really came into the space and the, the spirit in which I really like operating in the space is a feeling of accessibility. It's like, I really want people to have my work. I want to make it easy, but I also want it to be, it's an investment, you know? So where's that fine medium where, what could I ask? of this, you know, as pricing wise, that would allow someone like myself or other young artists, you want to think about who's your audience, who, who would you like to have to buy this work? Is it young people? Is it other artists? And really, you know, you can organize and create collections that might appeal to different people of different, you know, capacities to purchase, whether it's like, this is for the whales, <laughs> this, this is for people who are spending 20 ETH. It's like, okay, cool, you know, do those. But I say start, start with the people that are, you know, maybe just coming into crypto and really in the spirit of inclusivity and the spirit of keeping that door open. It's like, I love starting pieces off at like 0.25, you know, and that feels, that feels, that feels good. So I think that's like the first and most important thing is establishing your own personal ethos and your connection to your work. 
Okay. Well said. And that, you actually answered my next question, which was what advice would you share for anybody who has like a passion to be an artist, but they're just starting out, you know? And, and I think you just illustrated that in, in a wonderful way, you know? The other, uh, thing, the other thing I'd like to say, though, is mm-hmm. something I learned early on in my career as an artist is I think that, you know, we are so to not pigeonhole yourself into anything, but to understand that the more kind of cohesive and organized you can present a series or an idea or a concept is, is really a generousness as, as an artist is like, Hey, this is the idea. This is the concept. These are the five images. These are the 50 images. And that's what this is about. And understanding that you can have, you know, a multitude of collections, but really organizing the series is going to be beneficial. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. I actually want to get into start to paint more like not so much to sell, just to paint like ocean and water scenes and maybe mountains and scenery. And uh, actually, those around me, they they got me a lot of like all the materials for Christmas and I still haven't got started. I've been working, you know, so much. So um, now you're inspiring me to, to get all those out, get the palette out and all the colors and acrylic paints and things, you know. Nice. Oh yeah, it's it's great. It doesn't take a lot of time, even if you just, you know, it's just like anything, just like meditation or yoga. And something I've come to learn is that, you know, there's times in my life where I'm doing two hours of yoga every day. I'm doing two hours of meditation, and there's times where even just five minutes, you know, every day or five sun salutations. You know, it's just showing up to the feeling and just getting connected to that, and taking the pressure off and remembering that you know it's about what it brings to you and then what you're bringing to other people by giving ourselves that gift of making art or connecting to spirit. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Nicole, in closing, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners around the world? Maybe about things you have going or maybe things you have planned or just things in general? Well, I'm actually working on a series that's going to be dropping on Quantum Art, my partner Justin Aversano's platform that's been up until this point 100% photography. I am incorporating photography into the series, but that's going to be dropping, I believe, in summer, June, July. And so I'm in 100% in that project. And of course, always the spirit coins have really become... So keep a lookout for that. 2022 Um, summer. Yes, yes. And then in the meantime, I've been really just working with the Spirit Coin Collection and creating Spirit Coins for causes. I've worked with, I'm doing a piece for Hope for Haiti, and that's creating a relief for Haiti. I'm working with an amazing organization called Blankets Blankets of Hope and um, created some, some Spirit Coins for them. And I really love the kind of... Um, the spirit of the spirit coin and that it, I call it the currency of change. I'm also working with an amazing group of guys from Edge of NFT and we've created a series called the Spirit Seeds. It's spiritseeds.xyz and it's a generative um, collection of 100 spirit seed images that were designed kind of inspired by my spirit coins. And when you purchase a spirit seed, we give enough of that of the proceeds so that you would offset one whole year of your carbon footprint to something called Carbon Fun. And you also get the spirit seed. And if you buy them now, actually right before NFTLA, if anyone's in the area, um, you get a VIP ticket to NFTLA. And you'll get to come and hang out with me and be in the spirit seed room and, and meet a bunch of amazing people. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Thank you. 
what is the best way that our listeners can reach out to you and stay in the conversation with you? The links are actually on the episode blog post page, but what is the best way they can reach out to you? Well, I mean, you can email me, Nicole at NicoleBuffett.com. You can find me on Twitter, Buffett Nicole at Buffett Nicole. Obviously, Instagram, Nicole Buffett Art. I'm super open to people reaching out. That's how I came upon Blankets of Hope. They just they email me, Hope for Haiti. So, you know, as long as I, once I get to it, I will, you know, take it in and... I, I love just, I love that we're all in this together and um, that's the beauty of the space. Awesome. Nicole, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you for coming and being part of today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Thank you. If you liked today's episode, definitely like and subscribe to the podcast, show your support and chime in here tomorrow for another special episode. Until then, make it a great day. Thanks for tuning in to New to Crypto Podcast. If you like the episode, be sure to follow and subscribe. You can listen to every episode on all major platforms. Have an interest in being on the show or want advertising? Reach out at newtocrypto.io. Head over to our site, newtocrypto.io, to access the resources mentioned in each episode. Until next time, remember to navigate the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy.